Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. An Erios production. Menopause is coming and the men have all left town. But I'm not giving up until I see that baby crown. 39 and single. Can someone help me out? He could be balding, bearded, shorter, tall, funny, smart, love basketball. From gay, straight, black, white, tiny eyes with an underbite. I just need sperm. Sperm cast. Well, well. Well, I have news, and I have no news at the same exact time. Isn't that fun? Now let's pick up where we left off last week. No, wait, let's not, and let's talk about Apple Podcasts for a second. I have a question for you. Did you go to Apple Podcasts and rate and review Spermcasts last week? Because as far as I can tell, only one person did. And she wrote a really nice review, by the way. She really made my heart swell. You too can make my heart swell. All you have to do is go to Apple Podcasts right now and rate and review Spermcast. It doesn't have to be fancy. You can just write, this podcast is dope. Why do I want you to review Spermcast so badly? I want it to grow, of course. And podcasts don't attract attention unless they have oodles and oodles of ratings and reviews. Okay, back to today's episode. When I left you last week, my body was confusing me. I was spotting. My basal body temperature was not looking good. My boobs were gorgeous, as usual. What did all of this mean? I was at my parents' house. The next morning, I peed on the stick put it aside, went outside to talk to my parents, and a couple minutes later ran up the stairs to check the results. Came in the bathroom. Nothing. (sighs) Nothing. Doesn't look like anything. (laughs) Oh yeah? Nothing. What should it look like, honey? If there was anything, there is what? a very, there There might be a very, very, very faint line. Let's go outside. Okay. If there is, then, then it is. Well, there the, is. Where would the line be, honey? It's right there. Really? Dad, there's a very, very faint line. All what right. am I looking at? There's a very, very faint second line, which means that I have, uh, that I'm technically right, next pregnant. Next to the red? Yeah. You see that faint line? Oh, that one right there? No, that's, that's paper. By the way, that background noise is the sound of cars rushing by our front porch at rush hour. Can't see it? Yeah, I can. I just don't want to be imagining the faint line there. A, faint, a line is a line is a line, they say. So well? the stronger, the more HCG I get that's darker that line will get. What were you saying, Daddy? Is that a good thing? That's a good thing. You're, mu- you're probably not going to be able to see it, but, but there's a very, very, very faint line there, mm-hmm. which yeah, means yeah. that there's HCG in my system, which huh. means that something has happened. Uh-huh. Well, so that's a good thing. That's a good thing. 
Okay. When will you, when will it get darker? I'm going to want to go to a doctor here and get a blood test, I think. Okay. Because if it's low, I don't know. I'm going to call my doctor. Okay. Well, well, that's really doctors. positive news that I wasn't expecting. It's, you were not expecting? No. Oh, was not. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> it's something. It could go away tomorrow. Huh? It's very positive news that I wasn't expecting. Is it really there? It's there, yeah. Do you not see anything? No, I do. If you see something, it's there. It just means that I don't have a lot of HCG in my system yet. Well, this is worth a hug. Yeah. This is worth a hug. Okay, this is a beautiful thing. And of course it's right that you should get pregnant when you go home. <laughs> oh. I'm just, I'm not crying because I'm overly happy because this is just a little tiny thing. I'm crying because yesterday was so hard. Yeah. Or last night and this morning. Yeah. You're very strong, you know. <laughs> We're just thinking about every single scenario. I know. I know. And thinking about using all of your money. Oh, what? Stop with the money already. And like, if I was by myself, I wouldn't be able to do this. Well, if we were dad, you'd be really wealthy. So why don't you <laughs> Really? <laughs> Sorry, too much crying this early in the morning? That's a great time to cry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Don't get too excited yet. There is a lot more to this story because the confusion with my body doesn't stop. I got in touch with my doctor's office as soon as they opened on the West Coast and they said to head to my nearest lab corp to test my HCG and progesterone. Refresher, HCG is human chorionic gonadotropin and it's created by the placenta. So if you have HCG in your system, theoretically you have a placenta, which means you're pregnant. So I went for my test and they said I'd have results by the end of the day. As the day went on, my spotting that I had been having for the last two days continued and maybe got a little bit darker. I played it cool, but I didn't think all this bleeding was a good thing. Finally, at 8pm, I heard from the docs. There was in fact HCG in my system, but it was low, at 12. That's not a terrible sign since I tested two days earlier than I was supposed to, but the bad part was my progesterone. The first time I was pregnant, back in March, my progesterone was low at 11. This time, my progesterone was 1.13. I didn't even know that progesterone could get that low. They prescribed me progesterone supplements and told me to retest in two days. But honestly, I didn't have high hopes. At all. That night, my spotting became progressively less like spotting and more like fresh blood. I warned my family that I felt like my period was coming, despite the positive tests. And the next morning, I had a heavy period, accompanied by very unpleasant cramps. All day. I called my doctor and asked if I should continue taking progesterone, and they said yes, and to have my follow-up blood test on Thursday as planned. Fine. The next day, the bleeding and the cramps were the same. Bad. There was no way I was pregnant at this point. 
I couldn't be. I decided that I needed to get back to LA to figure out my next steps. I thought if IVF was an actual option this month and I wasn't in LA to start the hormones by Friday, I would have to wait a whole nother month to start the process. But if I got back on Friday and saw the doctor and all was looking good down there, I could potentially start medications Friday afternoon. Waiting another month was the last thing on the planet I wanted to do, so I bought my ticket back to LA for the next morning, Friday morning, and I scheduled a doctor's appointment for 1 p.m. Friday. Meanwhile, on Thursday, I had my follow-up blood test, and that night at 7.30 p.m., I got my results. My HCG had gone up. What the fuck? How the hell could my HCG have gone up after all of that bleeding and cramping? It made no sense. How was I feeling during all of this? Shitty, mostly. I was home with my family and trying to enjoy myself, and I was enjoying myself when I was with them, but I couldn't stop running all the different scenarios through my head. There were so many decisions to be made. Fly to LA and possibly, with no guarantee, get started on IVF, or stay with my family and just try again in another month. And then there was the question of money, and out of all of the things that I've shared with you and all of the vulnerability, Talking about this money situation is the hardest for me. Okay, so let's start with this. I called Claudia at the clinic and she gave me the rundown. Now, I doubt that the clinic would want me to share the exact numbers of everything. I don't know. I don't think they're trying to hide anything. But, you know, I just don't think it's standard practice. So, uh, let's just say one part of the procedure was between six dollars and $7,000. And the other part was between three dollars and $4,000. And another part was maybe around five or six or $7,000. And, oh, this other part that has to happen is between, you know, one and $2,000. And then don't even get me started on medications, which are going to cost between four and $5,000. Add it all up and you could buy a couple nice new cars with that money. Maybe. I don't know. I've never bought a new car, but probably. So why is it so hard to talk about this stuff? Well, my mom and my dad want to help me and have told me every step of the way that if it came to IVF, they would pay the lion's share of it. But how could I do that to them? They hustle nonstop every day to make money. I'm not going to give you the details of their finances, but this isn't money that they're just throwing around. It's money that they need. I feel like such a little shithead child even considering taking money from them. I'm 40. I should be taking care of them, not the other way around. The next morning, Friday morning, my sweet mom drove me to the airport at 4.30 a.m. and she handed me a $12,000 check. When I asked her if she was comfortable with me sharing this on the podcast, she said, sure, just don't forget to tell them about the 1457 I gave you in cash. <laughs> oh, she's funny. Also, they gave me $5,000 for two of those IUIs. It's no joke. I would not be able to do this if I was alone. Like, truly alone. I'm very, very, very lucky to have them. Anyway, she told me not to get too sappy about it, so I'm going to stop. But just know that every time I talk about it, I feel like a complete asshole and I start crying. Okay. I got to my doctor in LA on Friday afternoon and he said that with any HCG in my system, we couldn't start any new procedures. Especially since my HCG went up on my last test. We'd have to wait to test again on Monday. Not what I wanted to hear after flying back across the country to do this, but... It's okay, it's okay, I needed the peace of mind. Anyway, I had a long talk with Dr. Kalen on Friday, but I forgot to record it till the very, very end. So here's a little bit of that convo. And by the way, 
more crying from me. I promise we'll have less crying in future episodes, y'all. But right now, you know, we have to get past this little bump in the road. Let's check on Monday. Just a okay. little. Okay. And if we, we can get this started in a variety of ways as soon as everything's all clear. Yeah, it's not that I'm trying to, I would never rush ahead if things weren't looking great down there. Right. I just came back to town in case it was looking great down there and we needed to get started today. I know. Yeah. I know. I'm rushed back. I'm sick of waiting. I know. And the holding pattern. I know. For like, well, you get it. I get it. You've been around. (laughs) It's hard. Yeah. For those of you who don't get it, which I'm sure there aren't many of you, but, you know, I've been trying since November. I just got a new Tinder match. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Oh, and a message. He must really want to meet me. Um, what was I talking about? Oh yeah, waiting. Technically, I've done seven attempts, four natural, miscarriage, three IUIs, December, January, February, March, April, May, June, July. So basically, I've been trying for exactly eight months. Many, many, many women try for much longer, and I don't know how they do it. Because it's exhausting, and waiting is the hardest part. Thank you, Tom Petty. Is that who sings that song? Waiting is the hardest part. Yeah, I think that's Tom Petty. Anyway, back to Dr. Kalin. You know, and it's it's uniquely hard when you're like, you're doing this by yourself. Yeah. It's essentially, it's it's the weight, you're, you're just carrying a heavy burden and it's worth acknowledging. I wish I could, I wish I could help carry it. But, uh, you know, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's the nature of it. Yeah. Um, you're not the only one doing this. I, it's, it's amazing to me. And I feel like it's more and more and more. And I don't know if it's just my practice or what, but right now I'm seeing so many women who are doing this on their own. And it's, I, it's awesome. It's fantastic. And I know people are super happy. But I, today I saw a patient who's coming back for her second on her own. Second like IVF? Uh, she got pregnant. Her second baby. Second baby. On her own. Good. On her own. A good friend of mine from high school who had been going through this a while, she made embryos a couple years ago mm-hmm. and just decided to go for it, put it in. Positive pregnancy test yesterday. Yeah, okay. like, big deal. You know, and like, it's scary. It's, it's unorthodox. It's somewhat trailblazing. Um, but it's, um, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. It's all going to be worth it. <laughs> it's going to be totally worth it. It's just, yeah, every every month it's scarier. Because then I'm like, oh, what if I can't do this? When I first started this whole thing, I was, like, upset that I didn't get pregnant my first month trying. Right. You know, in November right. with, you know, home insemination. I was shocked that I wasn't pregnant. <laughs> so it's, you know, my self-confidence goes down each month. It's just hard to muster it up. Yeah, yeah. I guess. And also making huge decisions, and I have to borrow money from my parents, and I hate that. Yeah, yeah I know. It's like it's really, really hard. It's also like, what more? I mean, I don't need to get into you or your parents' pocketbooks, <laughs> but like, I mean, speaking, if I was to, you know, imagining being in my life and anything I would want to do with the money I had would be this, you know, and, um, you know, and, and in many ways, you're, 
this is a, a very, in, in, a, in a very, like, primitively humanistic way, this is in their vested interest. This right. is propagating their genes. Yeah. Um, and so they're on board. Same team. Yeah. No, team hockey. They definitely are. <laughs> they really want to do this for me. It's just yes. there are so many, there are a lot of important things they should be doing with their money. So I feel bad. Yeah. I think this is one of those important things. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, all right. So let's recheck on Monday. Uh-huh. And um, we'll see where that's at. Okay. And once that level is down, then we can check and see how things look. It's possible we will be able to get started then, but we're definitely not going to get started until we're like primo. Okay. Okay. Wonderful. All right. All right, Thank sister. Thank you. My pleasure. After that, the weekend. I chilled out. I cried a little less. I ran around the reservoir. I went to a baby shower, and I tried to feel a little less like an asshole about the money stuff. And that was aided by lots and lots of wonderful people telling me that nothing makes a parent happier than seeing their child happy. I mean, hearing this helped a little, but I still feel like an asshole. And now, today is Monday. This morning, I went to the doctors for my follow-up blood test, and now I'm waiting for the results. And so are you. To keep us busy while we wait, I texted my friend Hannah at 7 a.m. this morning and asked if she would be on my podcast today. You see, I knew she was going to be at Dr. Kalen's office today, too. Hannah and I both pulled up outside Dr. Kalen's office at 7.45 a.m. and Hannah jumped in my car. Hey listeners, I'm here with Hannah Lopatin. Look, wait. Yeah, you did exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> but is that still your last name? Oh yeah, yeah, I She got married, everyone. <laughs> no, I, I was too old to take a new name. <laughs> God damn, I mean, how is that even a thing? I know. But just, no offense yeah. if you did that anyway. No offense. <laughs> You're welcome to do that, especially if you didn't I'm like your last name. I'm too lazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I wanted people to mispronounce my name forever. <laughs> yes. I've always said Lopatin. Yeah, most people do. Except today for the first time <laughs> in my life. Anyway, okay. So I called Hannah this morning. Yeah. Uh, it is now 7.45-ish, almost 8. Um, 7.53. Mm-hmm. I texted Hannah at 7.05 maybe. Sure. And I said, hey, do you want to do an interview? <laughs> well, it was convenient because we both have our appointments with Dr. Kalen. Exactly. 15 minutes apart today. Exactly. Which is exciting. Yeah, I knew that Hannah was going to be here in Encino at Dr. Kalen's office. And I thought her story is a little bit more related to what I'm going through today than what I've got on the books. So, um, Hannah, hi. Hi, Molly. <laughs> Where do we start? And also, we have to keep this short, obviously. Yeah. What time do you want to be inside? Um, well, my appointment's at 8.15, so in like we have like 20 minutes. 15. Okay, you just like keep, an yeah, the, keep an eye on the clock. clock. And So yeah, Hannah, so, where do we start? Quick story is husband and I were trying for like a year. Nothing was happening. Um, went to a new doctor because I got some new insurance. Mm-hmm. And he was like, let's just do blood tests just to see. And I'm 37 right now, and he, I have very low AMH. So they called with those results, and then he said, I recommend... Wait, for the listeners, AMH is anti-malarian hormone, and it is supposed to show us your egg reserve. Amazing. Basically. You're incredible. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, the whole time I'm listening to you and like learning so much about what's going on in my body. So, um, so I found out I had the low AMH and he's like, I recommend a fertility doctor. And he recommended one. I called them and it was like this really like 
you know, you just like, I had just had a bad experience just yes. setting the appointment. Oh. And in the meantime, you had just seen Dr. Kalen and I heard, and I was like, this man's so nice, so nice. and explained everything. <laughs> so I texted you and was like, this show is like fertility? the Dr. Kalen ad show. <laughs> <laughs> it worked. So I texted you, I got his info. And I made an appointment, which was so easy, and they were so nice, and I was like, okay, I definitely made the right decision. Isn't Lily the best? So nice. I love Lily. Everyone there is so, so nice. <laughs> yeah. it, def- it definitely, I'm glad I made the decision, even though I have to drive so far <laughs> to yes, get there. Yes, I know. But it's all right. It's not bad when you go first thing in the morning, which yeah. I do a lot. Yeah. So I went and saw him, and so he had my results, and Steve, all his results were, like, off the charts. Great. They were great? Great, yeah. Oh, my God. So it was all with Did me. Did he but, test at Dr. Kalin's or somewhere No, he else? had tested before that. He actually tested, like, when we first, we were having, like, it we had been so long of trying, we were like, let's just, you know, yeah. see. Yeah. And, um... He also has a health condition where he was told he might have an issue with it. Uh-huh. And they were like, no, you're completely 100% fine. Oh I'm like, even better than fine. I'm like, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so when I went to Dr. Kalen's, it was that. And then it was kind of like bad news one after the next because yeah. I also found out that I have, um, my uterus has a septum. Right. Which is crazy because my sister has a septum. Let's talk uterine septums. According to Wikipedia, a uterine septum is a form of a congenital malformation where the uterine cavity is partitioned by a longitudinal septum. The outside of the uterus has a normal, typical shape. The wedge-like portion may involve only the superior part of the cavity, resulting in an incomplete septum or a subseptate uterus, or less frequently, the total length of the cavity, and the cervix, resulting in a double cervix. The septation may also continue caudally into the vagina, resulting in a double vagina. (laughs) Hannah doesn't have a double vagina, but sounds like that'd be pretty cool. And it's very rare, right? Yeah. Uh, I guess it's not as rare as we thought. My sister's is like almost divides her uterus entirely. That's wild. Yeah. I've never heard that. I heard of that before um, you told me about it. Yeah. And we didn't know about it until my sister was pregnant with my niece. And but she had a successful pregnancy. She had a successful pregnancy. They thought it was going to be, you know, it was high risk and she carried almost a term. Yeah. The risk is uh, early labor okay, and miscarriage. Mm-hmm. And so my niece was about to turn four, and then she had um, my other niece. And so by that time, they knew that like she was able to successfully carry and on her left side. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but mine doesn't go all the way down, and since we're doing... I'm skipping ahead, but since we're doing IVF, uh-huh. he decided we should definitely remove the septum. It's a very mm-hmm. simple surgery. So. Okay. so it was like, okay, you're running out of eggs... And you're, you have the septum, and um, then I had to get, you know, genetically tested to see if yes. I had any, care. I was a carrier of anything. And so they called, and they're like, you're a carrier of these two diseases. They're both, like, enzyme deficiencies. Oh. And I talked to the genetic counselor, and she was like, well, one of them doesn't appear, like, it might appear as an adult, and it might present as a child, but we don't really know. Okay. And we don't know what the symptoms are. So I was like, great. You have it, or you're a carrier? I'm a carrier. Okay. And then the second so one... then did Steve have the tests? Well, you're getting ahead of the I'm story. I'm sorry, sorry. <laughs> I get so excited. Because the second one is this enzyme deficiency. And my mother, who was a neonatal social worker, knew exactly what I was talking about. But the I don't remember what it was called, but she was saying... Um, she was like, oh, yeah, it uh, comes with, you know, mental disability, mm-hmm. which is terrible, and behavioral problems. And I was like, great, this is, this is awful. And then she goes, and um, mm, there's this weird thing... 
these people give off a smell and <gasps> odor. And I was like, what? Oh, my God. And she goes, I like to tell people it's a little musty. It's like a mouse. So I was like, great. How do you know what a mouse smells like, first of all? (laughs) If anything, a mouse smells adorable. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently they smell musty. So I was like, cool. I'm going to, okay, great. But she was like, look, this is recessive. So if you're, and it was funny because I was like, okay. And she's like, that means, I was like, I I know. I took Ah! science. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was like, you seem very calm. And I was like, well, what what am I going to do? It's a recessive gene, lady. (laughs) So they're like, all right, we have to test your husband. So Steve went in to test. Now, fast forward, like, I am telling the story. We're on a double date, and I'm telling the story. I'm like, yes, we just have to wait for his results. And my and Steve goes, oh, yeah, no, I got him. I don't have it. I was like, oh what? <laughs> He's like, no, we have none of the same diseases. I was like, why didn't you tell me? He's like, because there's nothing to worry about. And I was like, that's the news. Yeah. Hun. Hey, hon, you can stop worrying now. Yeah. Our child will not smell like a mouse. <sighs> so that's husbands for you. Um. <laughs> Thank God I don't have one. <laughs> 
look a lot better. We're still okay. Follicles. We're on a follicles. Mm, so yeah. now we do four or five uh, total. I think I had four on one side and five on the oh, other. Oh, great. Like that. Okay. Yeah. So that was kind of back to my baseline. So he's like, let's go through with it. So it's a crazy experience. You go and you just like put down your credit card and it's kind of insane how much money oh, goes God. on it. And thousands. Then thousands. What meds did you take? Do um, you remember? Menopure and Folistem. Okay. And then there's one called, I think it's called Gravelex. I think that's wrong. I'm, I'm thinking about I'm making it sound like Gravelox. it's Lox. Gravelox. <laughs> Gonal F? Uh, I don't know. I should yeah. say, I see it all the time. So. Okay, it's okay, it's okay. So that's the one that stops your um, ovulation. Yeah. So you don't take that every time. So the first time I like get the Falstam, I get the Menopure, I do all the training. I like had to go to work, so I would walk in with these two giant bags, like one that has Did to go. Did you do your first one at work? No, no, no. Oh my god! So it has to be at night, but I had to go straight from here to work, so I had to like. Oh. They're like, don't leave this medicine in the car. So I walk <laughs> in with just thousands and thousands of dollars. <sighs> and the ladies, you've been to the, um, the pharmacy. Yes. They're very sweet. They're there. very sweet. So. Anyway, I get it all there, and then so the first night, I'm, like, totally freaked out, and Steve is just, like, watching me, because I was, like, I think I should do it instead of him, and go in your stomach, and um, I was definitely, like, freaking out a little bit, but eventually I was able to get it done, and it was funny, because the second night, Tuesdays, he has to go to sleep early, so he didn't see me do it on the Tuesday, he usually do it at the same time every night, yeah. and then I think the third night he came out, and I was like, bloop! Bloop. Yeah. He was like, what? What? Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, I got it's, it now. It, yeah. Yeah, once you do it, like, it's twice, mental. you're fine. Yeah, you just yeah, have it doesn't to get hurt. past that point. So I honestly had, like, very few side effects. Definitely, like, mm-hmm. a little bit of emotionality. Sure. Um, <laughs> but physically, and, like, a tiny bit of bloating, but I didn't have that many um, eggs, so it's so like... you weren't super... Yeah. The, your ovaries weren't super, super large. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other funny story is that Steve couldn't come with me the day of the retrieval. Oh. So they had to freeze his sperm oh. um, ahead of time. But we didn't really know. Like, the days kind of got mixed up. So it was very last minute. And the lab was shutting down, like, at 2.30 or something. Oh and gosh. he couldn't make it from work. And so we were trying to figure out what to do. And finally they're like, well, you can just bring it in. So oh the God. plan was, because he goes to the farmer's markets for work on Saturday, so he, um, the plan was, like, that he was going to, they gave me a cup, and it was like, he's going to do that in the cup, and you were going to, I was, like, picturing myself, like, in a movie, you know, with, like, the cup in the bag, and I'm driving it to Encino, and I have an hour to yes, get there. Yes, So thank God he was able to get out of work early, yeah. <laughs> and he made it to the lab, and he was able to do it at the lab, oh, so wow. he was there waiting for me. Oh, my God. And my friend Amber took me on the day of the retrieval, uh-huh. which was a Monday. Uh-huh. And it was here? And it was, uh, yeah, it was here. Okay. And it went very smoothly. Yeah. I honestly had, like, basically no pain. The only problem was, throughout all this, I'm coughing. Right. So I just, there were a lot of times where, like, my legs were open, and I just, it would, like, a laugh oh triggers God. it. Oh, my God. And I would just be coughing with my vagina out, oh my which God. it was what it was. Oh, my God. It's the worst. Yeah. But the egg retrieval was not bad. Yeah. Um, I thought at all, like, you've been through it. Yeah. I, yeah, well, I did. Yeah. Yeah. It was so. fun. <laughs> no, it wasn't fun, but the drugs were fun. The drugs were fun. I woke up like, woo. Yeah. I, like, they said, you feel like you'll have a good nap. That's how I felt. Yeah. I really, like, had the tiniest bit of cramping. Mm-hmm. And the next day I felt a little woozy and I like left work a little bit early, but mm-hmm. I was totally fine. Okay. Yeah. So, you so, got... so we got, um, it, they were like eight to nine eggs. The ninth was, they weren't sure cause it was pretty big. 
Um, and then they went, so then you get like reports. Yeah. So after, um, the fertilization, it was down to five eggs fertilized, five embryos fertilized, and then you wait for them to grow. And so this was like over several days. So I remember like Dr. Kalen called me on a weekend and was like, okay, so of the five, three have grown into blastocytes, blastocysts. Yeah. Um, Blastocysts. And so they've been now, um, biopsied and go in for genetic testing. He's like, there's still two more that they could still grow enough. They just haven't at this point. So they were giving them more time. Yeah. So another one, like two days later did grow big enough. So we were able to test four embryos and then it turned out only one was normal. Only one was normal. And that was devastating, right? Yeah, I was really upset because I think in my head I was like, oh, I'll do this once, and if we get, you know, two, I'll be good to go. Right, and you'll have um, siblings. You'll, yeah. You'll be able to have siblings. Yeah, three was, like, my dream. Yeah. And it's just, like, that count just goes down. down. Yeah. Um, he did tell me one of them is a mosaic uh-huh. embryo, so it has some normal and some abnormal cells, mm-hmm. and but you have to talk to genetic counselor. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, it's like a plan C. Right. So we decided, we talked about it and we decided let's do this one more time. Yeah. And so I had another month in between, which worked out. And then I immediately, like, as soon as we decided, I got back to acupuncture yeah. and I'm taking all my supplements. And this time when I went in, it's so funny because every time I listen to you with Dr. <laughs> Kalen and he counts your follicles, and it's like one, two, three, four, five. And he counts mine, it's like one, <laughs> two. And this time, this time I went in, it was like one, two, three. And I was like, oh my God. And I had like eight on one side <sighs> and like five or six on the other. Yeah. So. Yeah, and he told me that my ovaries look younger than last time, which feels great. great. So it's gone. I had another appointment since then. Um, I'm supposed to, it looks like it's going to be Friday for the retrieval. This Friday. This Friday. Cool, 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 cool. Depending on how today goes. The doctor adjusts the level of medication you're taking as as you do these consistent two-day-apart ultrasounds, basically? Yes, and actually we almost, in the first time, we almost stopped because one side wasn't really growing. Yeah. Um, But he was like, let's push through. And the funny thing was, I started giving myself shots on that side, which has nothing to do with anything, but it did work. (laughs) Right, right. That's interesting. Let's just try this time he added human growth hormone because I guess mm-hmm. that's better for the embryos so mm-hmm. that I just finished that it was like an every other day thing okay so at some point I have like four shots that's crazy and that's then on the day before your retrieval or two days before you yes, do the trigger shot yes two days shot? before you do the trigger shot and last time I did it it was um, just how happened to be the night of my friend's bachelorette party oh my god and it was just like hanging out at a house so I was like well I'll just go home to do the shot and two of her friends from home are nurses and they were like we'll just do it for you so I brought the trucks with me and I had like a line of girls what? Oh my like god. mostly drunk and you know the nurses were like a sheet or two to the wind and they did did it for me and it worked great That's <laughs> so, so now funny. I have to do this one by myself which I'm nervous about I mean or Steve I mean, can I, help but for me well I did it for the IUI yeah. is it the same drug it's the, it's the one in the butt oh I've never had to do that and that's that what one. I'm scared about like yeah. stomach no it's problem sub- uh, intramuscular intramuscular yeah it's a big long needle oh. I'm scared well, I was reading on a thing today that it wasn't that bad. Like, there was a... It didn't hurt groups. when she did it, yeah. but, like, she did it to me. That's easier. Yeah, I know. <laughs> doing uh, it to yourself. Okay, yeah. I have to let you go inside now, yeah. but... So, you're going to go have your scan. Mm-hmm. I hope everything's wonderful in there, yeah. and um, thank you for being here for me, too. She's always checking on mm-hmm. me, everybody, and and telling me that we're going to have our babies We soon. are. We're going to be pregnant together. <laughs>
I can't wait. It's going to be great. Okay, so you're going to do your retrieval. Then you'll have your surgery to remove your yep. septum. And then you're going to have your transfer. Yep. And then we're going to be pregnant together. Exactly. And I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go in there right now and have my blood work done. And I'm going to get, um, I'm going to find out if I still have HCG in my system. Did you know about this? That you had a positive test. I had a positive yeah. test, but it went up. My HCG went up. Um, from Tuesday to Thursday, but I had a heavy, heavy period. So when I came back Friday, he was like, oh no, we have to wait till there's no HCG in your system before we can move on to anything else. So and there's like, are you potentially pregnant? Yeah, but no, I'm, there's no fucking way. I had like the heaviest period, cramping for three days. Like I never cramp and I don't, yeah. and so I, I can't see how it would be possible, but everybody's like, well, you never know. You have to find, wait. Yeah. But so I'm this just waiting it out. It out. <laughs> oh, the wait. Yeah. It's really tough. Yeah. So anyway, thank right. you, Hannah. Thank you. I'll see you. I'll walk with you. Bye. <laughs> Bye, listeners. Okay. We made it to Monday afternoon. It's 4.30. I'm calling Dr. Kalen's office to get blood test results. This is Molly Hawkey. I'm calling to find out if my blood work has come back in yet. Can you give me one moment, please? Sure. Even though I know I'm not pregnant, my body is um, vibrating right now. I just got nervous. This is crazy. <sighs> my armpits started sweating. I feel short of breath. Oh, I hate this feeling. Adrenaline. Hi. Hi. So he got the level back in. It's down to one. Okay. Um, he said what we could do is have you come in tomorrow. Okay. If you're able to do an ultrasound and then see if we're good to start. Yep. I can do that. All right. Yep. Okay. Hold on a second. We'll transfer you to the front to make okay. the appointment. Okay. Thanks, Julie. No problem. Oof. That was stressful. No part of me thought that I was pregnant, but my body freaked out anyway. And of course, I would have loved to have heard that this was some crazy fluke and I was still pregnant. <sighs> okay, not pregnant. I was pregnant, but now I'm not. This is what they call a biochemical or chemical pregnancy, and it's very, very common. Sometimes they even go unnoticed. If you're not taking a pregnancy test, you might not even know that you had one. A biochemical pregnancy is not a false pregnancy. Technically, it is a very early miscarriage that occurs in the first few days of pregnancy. The embryo produces sufficient amounts of HCG for the pregnancy hormone to be detected on initial pregnancy tests, but does not progress into a clinical pregnancy. So, I was pregnant. Hooray! I honestly did feel, I feel good that I got pregnant. I'm happy that I got to see that line again. And now there's no doubt about why I was having such a heavy period and so much cramping. But it beats the shit out of me why my HCG went from 12 to 20 on those first two blood tests. And now I get to figure out what's next with me with my appointment tomorrow with Dr. Kalen. But before that, I need to call my mom and give her the news. She and my dad and my niece drove up to Maine today. And they're just finishing up their lobster dinner. Hey, mom. Hi, is this mom? Can I call you? Can I call? Are you okay? <laughs> What's the word? I'm fine. I just giving you the update. It's I just have uh, yeah. the, it went down to one. 
Why is it going? What is it supposed to go down, my pa? Yeah, if I'm not pregnant, it should go down. Good. Good, yeah. good, good. Yeah, it means good. I'm. The, yeah, it means there's no more question marks, and I don't have to think. Good. Thank God. Thank. Yeah, I mean, it could have kept huh. if it went if it kept going up, then we would yeah. be looking at a questionable pregnancy for a while, and uh, that would have been stressful as well. I mean, don't get me wrong; I would have been excited and <laughs> would have loved that a lot more than this scenario. But <laughs> um, no, I think it. Was- that would have been so scary to have a, you know, sort of a seesaw situation. So tomorrow I'll have uh, an ultrasound and see if we can do anything this month. I don't know if this sounds crazy or not, but I kind of would prefer to do the natural IUI, unmedicated IUI this month, and then do IVF. Yeah, yeah, yeah you told me that. I know, I but I... I've been talking about IVF so much, and I, you know, flew back just to get started on IVF, but I feel like we're past that point where I could have started medications anyway, and yeah, I just would love to give it another go. Yeah, I think you should. Yeah. I think it's a great idea. Nothing but sperm. No estrogen, no progesterone, no nothing. NBS, nothing but sperm. (laughs) Now you'll do an IUI. That's great. Yeah. How many vials do you have left? I have two vials left, and for an IVF cycle, you barely need a vial. You need like, what, right. sorry, you need like, you know, a quarter right. of a vial. So, right, I can, okay. yeah, use okay. that second cool. vial for IUI. So you have plenty of backup. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they can freeze what they don't use when they do IVF. They can freeze what they don't use. Right, so God forbid I need to do IVF a second time, they'll have plenty available for IUI, I mean IVF number two. <laughs> oh my gosh, I only partially understand this entire thing, you know. <laughs> yeah, all right, goodbye. Okay, Mama, I love you. All right, everybody, you're all up to speed. But for those of you who are Patreon subscribers, I'll let you know what happens with Dr. Kalen tomorrow. IUI, IVF, OMG, IDK. Wow. I'm going to be a great mom. Speaking of Patreon, thank you to my newest Patreon subscribers. Darren Ficarelli, Kira, Christina Kingsbury, Amanda Scott, Kate, Daniela M. Allion, Addie Klassen, and JD. Oh my goodness, we are now up to 186 subscribers and $532 a month. I'm going to spend it all on drugs. Fertility drugs? Holy cow, I am on fire tonight. If you want to join my Patreon and be in the know on all the ups and downs as they happen, go to patreon.com forward slash spermcast. Not only will you have access to all kinds of extra content, you'll also be supporting an artist, a podcast artist, a baby-making artist. You'll be supporting me and making all this time I put into my podcast just a little bit more sustainable. Hey, quick question. Have you gone to Apple Podcasts yet and rated, reviewed, and subscribed? You have to do it, you guys. I mean, there's literally no choice. You must do it if you want to listen to this podcast. 
Okay, before I call it quits on this episode, I want to mention last week's episode for a minute. Do, do, do. James really got under your skin for a lot of you. I mean, I got a lot of messages saying, Molly, don't use his sperm, and Molly, don't listen to him. You're on the right track and focusing on the right stuff. Don't worry, everybody. I completely agree, and I'm sorry if that wasn't obvious. The truth is, I'm not a very confrontational person, and I'm not good at arguing on the spot. So I just let a lot of things go. In hindsight, I wish I'd stuck up for my choices for myself and for other women going through this process. One listener wrote to me on Instagram saying she'd been through three IVF cycles without any success yet and that the most annoying thing people say is, if you just stop thinking about it, you'll get pregnant, no problem. I think because I'm not as far along in this process, I'm not yet too annoyed at anybody for their ignorance and... That hocus-pocus jinxy part of me wants to believe that if I stop thinking about it, it will happen. But I can see how fucking annoying that would be, hearing that over and over again from people who have no clue what you're going through. So how do we know what to say to a woman or a couple who's struggling to conceive? Well, just like anything else that we don't know anything about, if we haven't gone through that experience ourselves or been close to someone who has, the only thing we can do is listen and let them know we're there for them. And if you do have any advice, you better ask them if they want to hear it before you assume they haven't already tried that route. Because they probably already have. Okay, let's end this episode. Thank you, Mom and Dad, for, you know, everything in my life ever. And thank you, Hannah Lowe Payton, for joining me in my car this morning for a little IVF talk. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at SpermCast. You can call or text me at 323-741-1818, or you can email me at spermcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. I love you so much. Bye-bye. He could be bald and bearded, shorter, tall, funny, smart, love basketball, from gay to straight, black to white, tiny eyes with an underbite. I just need Powered by ACAST. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.